life keeps us very busy. We're caught up on this treadmill, family and relationships. That's what's important. It saddens me you go out to a, a restaurant and you've got a family, you young children, two young children sitting there with their parents and they're on their phones at the restaurant. You can do that at home. Why bother to even go out? Being aware of how busy we are, non-productive stuff has no value at the end of the day. We're here to do God's will ultimately. We're here with Andy McDonald, who was a co-author with Pat Masidi in the book From Potential to Prosperity. And Andy is a resilient author. He's an entrepreneur, a life coach. He's an inspirational figure. And he had a catastrophic medical misadventure that he talks about in his book chapter. But it also led to all these interesting discoveries as far as faith and inner strength and recovery and just thriving in general. So we're going to find out about Andy's story, Andy's insights, what he has to share with us and, and teach us. We're going to have a lot of fun. So Andy, glad to be speaking with you. Thank you, Robert. It's nice to meet with you too. Yes. And, and so I gave you that little introduction, but is there anything I left out? Or if someone comes and says, hey, what are you, Mr. Andy McDonald, all about? Is there a better answer? Is there like a 30 to 60 second elevator pitch? Hmm. You pretty much covered it, I reckon. Okay. So with that having said that, what is your current focus and passion? At the moment, what's the current project? What has you just excited to get out of bed in the morning? I love meeting with people. I love helping people. The journey that I've been through with my family has taught us a lot of resiliency, a lot of life skills. Thinking outside the box, learning to cope with alternative circumstances. I do love the farm as well. It's where I relax. It's where I spend time with the animals. It's where I just get in one with nature. But, but helping people is, is my greatest pleasure. Wonderful. And I think that can be a very powerful motivator. Why be selfish? Be selfless. And so I'm curious to find out, or for our audience to find out about what happened to you about the incident, because I can imagine that being a farmer and then also dealing with a partial paralysis can be frustrating and a drastic lifestyle change. So what happened to you? I was having problems with my left leg going numb and at times I would, would take a step and fall over. <clears throat> so my wife and I did some investigation into what our options would be for a, a medical procedure to try and resolve the problem. Turned out that I had a condition called spondylolisthesis. Uh, that means that one of your vertebrae is not sitting right on top of the other one. It's either moved forward or back. And so the nerves going down my legs were getting pinched. <clears throat> so we decided of the two options that we had for the different types of intervention, we decided to go for a screw cage fusion, which was supposed to be less invasive than the other option, which involves screwing the spine together with uh, rods either side of your spinal cord. Um, things went horribly wrong in the operation. Um, the surgeon breached the dura, which means that the spinal fluid was leaking out. That's the fluid that is around your spine, but also braids, bathes your brain. Uh, once he saw that happening, he reported the whole thing, uh, realizing that's, um, that's where you get encephalitis from. You get an infection in that fluid. So it was very risky at that point. <clears throat> um, 
but in the process of doing that, he also, in his words, pulverized the spinal cord. That when I woke up, he came to me and he said, look, basically you're paralyzed. You might never walk again. That's the lead up to, to a whole new life, a whole new way of doing things, a whole new normal for my children, my wife and myself. I, I can only imagine how traumatic that uh, must be and must have been and how frustrating it probably is, right? Because even, even when people experience like just like minor situations, like minor car accidents, sometimes you have to relearn a whole skill and deal with the frustration. And so what is your current mobility and, and how does it relate to your like getting around and, and farming? What's changed as far as your daily lifestyle? Yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head with the frustration thing. You live with an underlying frustration all the time. If one of our children was in, in danger after the operation, there's no ways I could run to catch them or protect them from, from imminent danger. But all along, just the frustration, the pain for one thing, I mean, it was debilitating. It is debilitating if I don't take my meds regularly. The best way to describe the pain is if you, if you had, if you've been out in the frost and barefoot and then you stick your foot in the bath and the bath is only lukewarm, but you have that terrible burning sensation. That's pretty much what I live with all the time. If the, if I go without my meds, the other very frustrating part is just not being able to get things done at a pace that's convenient for the farming. And I, I do rely on, on my wife a lot and my son when he's around to, to help me with things. I just, I just can't do things in the time frame that I would like to. And what do you see as the context or your story? Are you, when you look back at that, do you say it, this is the only way it, it could have happened or it had to happen that way? Or do you play uh, mind games with yourself and think about the what ifs and drive yourself crazy? Like, how do you, how does that sort of situation sit in your mind? It was, it was when the Holy Spirit said to me, uh, uh, we ended up both my wife and I with quite severe depression as a result of this was when the Holy Spirit was actually when, when I was lying in hospital, uh, prior to the depression, I was lying in the hospital for weeks, initially not even able to turn over in bed. The nurses had to come turn me and clean me when I, when I made a mess and I was catheterized full time. And I was lying there one day and, and I just got these words. Oh, I was questioning God. Why, why did you let this happen? Why did this happen? What have I done to deserve this? <clears throat> and the Holy Spirit just said to me, he dropped these words into my mind, in your mother's womb. And I asked Lee to go home and look it up in the Bible and see where that scripture was in the scriptures says that before I formed you in your mother's womb, it's in, in Isaiah, sorry, Jeremiah, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. And that just gave me absolute solace in the midst of everything that was going on and has been the solace ever since. I just have to go back to that and stand on God knew what he was doing when he formed me in my mother's womb. This is part of a plan that I just don't understand. And so what sort of insights has that led to? It's great that you've used your faith to get you through because like we, we all need something, right? If you just sit there and wallow and let your mind go where it will go, then it will for sure go to 
the negativity and, and the pity party. So you found your faith and your scripture and all of that. And what has there been any anything else? What's been going through your mind as far as these days when you're going to have to be more patient and can't work as much and the, the mind wanders and you find ways of feeling better about it or finding ways of seeking the positives? What other sort of just insights are popping in your mind lately? Yeah, probably not so much quite lately, but in that journey, in the seven years that it took me to learn to walk as normally as I could again, I just had to get this issue sorted in my mind. Was it God's plan for, for this to happen? Why did it happen? What could we, what could we do? And ultimately I ended up looking at into, I've got heaps of books on healing, trying to find out if this is really what, what God's hand was in the whole thing. I did come to the conclusion and I have come to the conclusion that it's absolutely in God's will for us to be healed. I needed to find, I said to God, I need to find people who've, who've been healed, radically healed, raised from the dead. And in my search, I came up, I met, I came into contact with two people's teachings who had this very life story of they both lost a child. The child was dead and they were both raised from the dead. And I just poured through that kind of, um, or those guys teachings to find out what, what had actually happened in their lives and whether this really was for real. And th that in itself has led me down the path of understanding healing is in God's will. Healing is part of God's plan. And my wife and I often pray for people now for healing. And it's just amazing what we do see. It sounds amazing. And so what, what I'm getting from just some of these, your thought process here is, first of all, like you, you mentioned about sorting through the emotions. It almost feels like the stages of grief. Right. Of just being like, okay, why did this happen? And why did this have to happen to me? And what is the, the deeper meaning and all, all those sorts of things. And, and so th there's that part of it. And then there's also just this, this kind of strategy you've had of seeking the support of others who've been in a similar situations as you and like finding about their stories and finding out their perspectives. And many times you find out that someone else's story is way worse than yours and things could have gone way worse for you and you get that perspective and there's also the kind of just seeing how they themselves got out of it and how they made the best of it and they improved from there and you get that sort of that solidarity and that, that comfort it and that's great and that's wonderful and so when you said about you mentioned a little bit about your kind of family relationship changing so were there any struggles, difficulties early on there? Like how has your kind of family relations changed? Look, every marriage goes through its rough patches. Ours was just brought forward and exacerbated. I jokingly say that I had my midlife crisis when I, it, my midlife crisis happened to me. I didn't have to go and find something to, to be my midlife crisis. Um, <clears throat> The children are very resilient. I think I know that they were affected significantly by what happened. My wife, my relationship with my wife was very strained. She basically became my carer. Wasn't sure how long I was going to live for. She had a lot of things going through her mind about how was she going to cope. And the, 
the medication that they had me on initially really messed with my brain. So at that point we were, we had our own business. <clears throat> we were self-employed and it was quite difficult to, to give instructions to the staff coherently because they would often question me and say, did you mean to say such and such? And I'd say, actually, no, is that what I really said? They put a lot of stress on my wife in particular. Uh, she's extremely resilient. We had, and on top of all of that, we got pulled through the ringer completely by the medical system in New Zealand who were no help at all. And they were exactly the opposite. We had, we ended up fighting for everything to the point where we were questioning whether we were even being reasonable, asking for help. But this happened at the hands of a doctor and the doctor has medical insurance. We weren't able to access that insurance. There's a, what they call a legal bar, as we understand it, that came down. My wife was going through a heck of a time fighting on my behalf because I was away with the fairies for medication most of the time. And it's, it's, it's been extremely hard for her. I just, I wouldn't say I took things for granted. I just, I was coping in my own way as best I could trying to hold myself together. And it's only reflecting more recently on how much she put into the relationship to make it work and hold everything together. That's wonderful. She stepped up and found the strength and it seems like your children did as well. And you don't always think about this, how one, one bad event can just lead to this whole domino effect of all these other things, right? Of trying to fight for the, 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 the medical payout. And in the book chapter, you mentioned about just little things like trying to get reimbursed for the, the car expenses and just all like thing after thing, just having to fight and having like really no other choice but to fight, right? You, you could have just let the, the medication keep you woozy and sit around and not do much, but like you had to fight for the next step and to, to continue living it and make things right. And so that's wonderful that your kids and your wife especially stepped up and did what needed to be done. And so in this process, in the seven-year journey of yours, has have there been any sort of like unexpected surprises? Has anything just really just woken you up and, and shocked you with this whole journey? I'm not quite sure if this answers your question, but the thing that kept me going was looking back, looking the achievements, the ability to just get a flicker in my legs or my feet after two years, or get a flicker in my legs when we were trying to do some exercises with the occupational therapist. <clears throat> and it was literally just looking back every day at the little bit of gain the day before or the significant gain over the longer period as time went on. I, th I think that's how I would answer that part, yeah. That's helpful uh, in giving yourself credit for the, the small victories and the big victories. And even if you think it's all small victories or there's not a lot of progress, you look back six months or a year ago at, at that diary and you think, wow, like a, a year ago, I couldn't even wiggle my toes and I've come so far now. So what is in the future for you? What are you looking forward to? Do you have any sort of like fitness or rehabilitation goals? What's coming in the future? Yeah, people often ask me what I do for maintaining my mobility and what program am I on for fitness and keeping myself toned. 
really it's just living life. I have a relatively active life. I don't rely on a gym or weights or programs. I guess it's just wanting to live every day to the full. And I do work a five-day week, a regular five-day week. So farming, as much as it's my passion, I do that on the weekends. And uh, it's pretty full on. There's tractor work and we're seeding at the moment. We've got to put some summer seed in. We've got a workshop. I do quite a bit of welding, grinding, and anything that needs repair, pretty much I'll turn my hand to. I thoroughly enjoy it. I think probably it's the, the challenge of the project is what I enjoy. And I have way too many projects, to be honest. I'm having to learn to cut back. I'm not getting any younger. The, my, my shoulders are pretty much wrecked from pushing wheelchairs, mobilizing myself in the wheelchair. So I've got to find other ways of doing things when it comes to lifting and pushing things, if that's within my capability. Um, but I pretty much walk with a normal gait. Uh, if you know what you're looking for, you'll see that I walk with gallopers. Otherwise, no more. I can walk around. I can walk short distances. Yeah, just get on with life and enjoy the, the things that, that I'm passionate about and that make me want to live. Very, very nice. Staying productive, staying focused, staying challenged. And I think many of us can relate to that problem of saying, oh, I, have, I have so many projects. I'm so busy. Some of them need to go. But when you think about it, it's better to have that problem than not enough projects. Than trying to say, I have nothing to do with my time. I need to think of something. That seems way scarier than saying, I have too much going on. I need to cut back. And so it's, it's wonderful that you embrace the farming sort of lifestyle and the, the joy of hard work and in moving forward and making the best and staying physically fit and being optimistic and positive. So if someone says, man, I really like this guy, Andy McDonald. I love his message and what he had to teach me. How does someone take the next step for you? Like, where's your website and what should they do to contact you and why? Yeah, the website I'm still working on, but certainly as far as helping people are batting with life experiences, business, coaching, we've been there, we've done all that. That's where I feel I can benefit people greatly. I love it. Life experience and working. And so would you say, as we're wrapping up our conversation here, is there like a number one focus or question that people today are not paying enough attention to? What should we really be questioning and asking ourselves that we currently are not? Life keeps us very busy. We're caught up on this treadmill and family and relationships. That's what's really important. And it saddens me you go out to a, a restaurant and you've got a family of young children, two young children sitting there with their parents and they're all on their, on their phones at the restaurant. You can do that at home. Why bother to even go out? Yeah, just being aware of how busy we are with I was going to say non-productive stuff, but it's, it's stuff that has got no value at the end of the day. What we're here for is to do God's will ultimately. And so that, that has been my biggest driver is finding out what that is. Uh, and it's, it's helping people, it's loving on people. Sometimes it's loving on people in a hard way where you, they need to be challenged on what the real problem is because they can't see it for themselves. Uh, and that's, that's a bit of a tricky one, but if you're going to help people, 
you have to be able to challenge them. You have to be willing to challenge them yeah, in the areas that you can see that's actually pulling them down. That is a lot of, of deep thought to think about as far as being there for people and being a person of value and being patient and, and challenging people and everything that goes along with that. And just that there are, seems like there's like high quality and, and low quality tasks. And sometimes we do have to do those things like sweep the floor or check the email. But if all we're doing all day long is checking the email, playing the games, playing on the phone, then that's a problem. That's a bad ratio there. And so that's helpful to be mindful of if we're so lost on our phones or just not appreciating and valuing and being grateful for these people in our lives. So you've given us so much to think about here, Andy. And is it okay to mention the, the website here, talktoandy.com? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, wonderful. For now, the website is talktoandy.com. And if Andy has a, a new website or something else coming out later, we'll put that in the show notes. And as we wrap up our conversation here, Andy, I know that we, I, I keep on asking you about the deep thoughts and things like that, but, and you mentioned like the kind of the Jeremiah uh, scripture, but do you have a number one quote, lesson, or moral to leave us with to really end this conversation with a big punch? What do you have? <laughs> In my journey as a Christian, I have, I've, I've understood so much more about what our purpose is, what we're here for. And it was Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 that really got me because I had been living, trying to please God by hard works, by earning his love. And Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, for <clears throat> it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this not of yourselves, but of God. There's nothing we can earn, nothing we can do to earn our way into God's kingdom. It's a free gift. And that's the greatest, that's the greatest takeaway for me. Beautiful. Wonderful. Thank you for being here. Annie McDonald, resilience expert, life coach, farmer, entrepreneur, so many things. I really appreciate you and what you brought to the table. So thank you for being here and being raw, vulnerable, sharing your story. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Robert. Thank you for your time. Appreciate that.